FNTSY Radio. And now I'm tweeting about you, bruh. I got great news, guys. Oh. It's the news update from Game Time Decisions. News, 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 Good afternoon, everybody. I'm George Burns, and this is your fantasy news update. Antonio Brown apparently will not report back to the racing unless he's allowed to wear his old helmet, which the NFL has ruled doesn't, uh, doesn't have enough protection from him. So we'll see how this works out here. But uh, Brown, now with the helmet issue, now with the feet issue, the cryptotherapy, the accident in France, uh, the big winners in the Antonio Brown sweepstakes may end up being the Buffalo Bills, who Brown uh, would not play with here. Steelers have to be thinking this is ad- addition by subtraction here. What a nightmare. Uh, for the Browns, Callaway has been suspended for four games for the substance of, uh, violating the substance abuse policy. He'll miss most of the month of September as he serves that suspension. Andrew Luck still not feeling 100% recovered from that calf injury. Uh, he's not going to practice until Wednesday at the earliest of next week, and then they'll take a wait-and-see approach. We'll see what happens on Wednesday. So Andrew Luck, still not ready to practice with the team, not a good thing. Tonight in the NFL, we have two preseason games uh, left over from week one. Well, at 7.30, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tampa Bay plus 120, Pittsburgh minus 140. At 8 o'clock, the Minnesota Vikings take on the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Minnesota Minus plus uh, Minnesota plus 140, New Orleans minus 165. Tomorrow night, Saturday, with uh, the final three games of week one. In Major League Baseball, we have one game uh, going on this afternoon. Uh, the Athletics lead the White Sox 2-0, bottom of the sixth in this game. Uh, home run, Piscotti, his 11th of the season, and Chapman, his 25th of the season, accounting for both runs for the Oakland Athletics. Mike Fears right now has pitched five innings, three hits. Ross Detweiler started for the Chicago White Sox, five and one-third. Two runs, four hits while he was in there. Other news in baseball, uh, Nelson Cruz, who sprained his wrist last night uh, on a swing, has been placed on the I.L. by the Minnesota Twins. Minnesota Twins, that big lead they had over the Cleveland Indians is shrinking, and it's shrinking fast. And as they will continue for the next three games versus those Cleveland Indians. The Mets signed Joe Panic. This move came after Robinson Cano was placed on the I.L. with a hamstring injury. Cano said he does expect to play again this season, but for the tor- with a torn hamstring, that's iffy, to say the least, and he certainly won't be helping your fantasy team anytime soon. Luis Severino, the Yankees, threw 23 pitchers today, said he felt good, stronger than he expected, as he continues to recover from multiple injuries, and maybe he can help the Yankees for the first time this season at some point in September. Lance Goriel, who suffered a quad injury last night against the Yankees, is out of the lineup today. Aaron Judge, also out of the lineup today. We're not, we don't hear any word of an injury. This could just be a day off for the slumping judge. Marcus Stroman makes his first start. At City Field for the New York Mets tonight in a huge series versus the Washington Nationals as the surging Mets continue their push towards a playoff spot this season. On the board tonight in Major League Baseball, we have a full slate, of course. It is Friday night. The Atlanta Braves will take on the Marlins at 7-10. Tehran versus Caleb Smith. Braves at minus 50, minus 150. Miami Marlins plus 125. At 7-10, Chicago Cubs take on the Cincinnati Reds. Trevor Bauer will make his second start. First one wasn't so good. Trevor Battle versus Hugh Darvish. Cubs minus 120. Reds even money at plus 100. Washington Nationals will take on the New York Reds. As I just mentioned, Strasburg versus Stroman. Pitching matchup of the night here. That's a 7-10 start as well. Washington minus 130. Stroman plus 110. Pittsburgh Pirates and the St. Louis Cardinals at 8-15. Pirates plus 125. And Chris Archer. St. Louis Cardinals minus 150. And Daniel Hudson. At 10-10, we have the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Robbie Ray versus... Bueller here, Walker Bueller, another very good pitching matchup here. Ray, who several people thought would get traded by the deadline, maybe to Houston, maybe to the Yankees, stays with Arizona. Ray is plus 160, Bueller minus 190. At 10-10, the Rockies and Padres continue their series here. 
Freeland versus Quantro, plus 130 for the Rockies, minus 150 for the San Diego Padres. Uh-huh. Phillies take on the Giants at 10-15, minus 125 for Drew Smiley and the Phillies. Petey, plus 105 for the Giants. Phillies slumping of late, and they may be playing themselves out of a playoff spot here. In the American League, at 7.05, Astros and Orioles, Miley versus Bundy. Minus 295 for uh, Astros and Miley, plus 235 for the Orioles. Orioles just come back of the game, smacked by the Yankees earlier this week. If you're going to play this game, you certainly want to parlay it, as I will be doing. The Yankees have won nine straight. We'll take on the Blue Jays again at 7.07. Hap versus Reed Foley. Yankees are minus 170. Blue Jays plus 140 here. Yankees have to lose somewhere. At some point, Yankees have to lose a game here. Maybe you want to take the Blue Jays uh, as a dog play. Angels take on the Red Sox today. Johnson versus Barrier. Not exactly a hot pitching matchup here. Red Sox need to go on a winning streak if they're to get back in playoff contention here. Red Sox minus 160. Angels plus 135. Royals and Tigers. Keller versus Jackson. Royals uh, minus 160. Tigers plus 135. Indians and Twins. Big game here. Bieber versus Smeltzer. Minus 150 for your Indians. Plus 130 for the Twins. Rays and Mariners. Beacons versus Dallas. Minus 130 for the Rays. Plus 110 for the Mavs. Interleague, Rangers, Brewers, Allen, Brisket, Thomas. Plus 175 for the Rangers, minus 215 for the Brewers. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. Game time decisions. And yeah. We're doing it, folks. Game time decisions. Not your regularly scheduled hosts, but a couple of fill-ins. I think capable fill-ins at that. I'm Mike Blewett. Going to be here with George Kurtz for the next couple of hours. So thanks for watching uh, and listening to game time decisions. We're, uh, we're going to be going around the horn uh, on baseball, on football. A lot of stories today, obviously. And one of the quirkiest stories, George, that we've seen in some time from an unsurprising um protagonist or antagonist, I suppose, as this story unfolds, is Antonio Brown's stories just get weirder and weirder. Michael Silver on Twitter today unrolled an entire thread on his absence, on his weird behavior, and it has Steelers fans, I believe you said during the Open, it has Steelers fans probably breathing a sigh of relief and the Raiders wondering what they got themselves into. You've got to be kidding me here. I mean, really, now he doesn't want to play because of a helmet? I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. You're a Steelers fan here, aren't? Aren't? Don't you feel like, oh, thank God, I ain't, we don't we'll deal with this crap anymore. I, I this is just, just strange. I was this just saying strange. this to Frank Stample, uh, one of the other hosts here, uh, before the show. He made it really easy on the Steelers by no showing that Week 17 game. You know, he showed up in his fur coat right before the game, wanting to play, but it was obvious that he wasn't going to play. In that regard. What if he had just played that week, George, and sort of half-assed it and went through the motions and caught a few passes and wasn't really happy and wasn't giving it 100% and maybe even gotten benched at some point? There might have been a contingent that thought, well, maybe we should work through this. It's just, you know, it was a, a rough season, and maybe he and Ben can work it out. But he no-showed what was effectively a playoff game, and he made it easy for them. Oh, I agree. I have no argument with you, Mike. I think you're 100% correct. He made it easy for the Steelers to move on here. Yeah. I, he's a great player on the field. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But off the field, he he's a nutcase. He's a strange. I it's mean, uh, yeah. way weirder now too, because for I mean, all first, his years with the Steelers, it wasn't like he was missing a whole bunch of games. 
I think he understands how productive he's been. He obviously got this extension with the Raiders, did not have to give him. And I wouldn't have if I were the Raiders. I would have let him play it under the old deal. But clearly there was some sort of negotiation that was going to get him to go to the Raiders without a fight. But ultimately, now the Raiders find themselves in the position of paying this high-priced player. The frostbitten feet thing is odd only because he should have known better. But you can look over that if he's able to heal properly. But not being able to play because of a helmet, honestly, George, I didn't even get into the helmet regulation stuff at any point during any show because it wasn't a big deal. Tom Brady had to ditch his helmet. He said, okay. And now, months later, this is the issue? I don't get it. It's strange. Right? It's a bad situation here. Like I said, you would think he would know better than at this point. And this stupid things, a helmet is what's causing you to miss the practice now and why you're angry? Doesn't make sense to me. Give you a little bit more detail on the 80 story after the break and preview Steelers, Bucks, and Bikes. Saints tonight. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Welcome back to Game Time Decisions. Mike Blewett and George Kurtz. Follow George on Twitter at George Kurtz. I'm at Mike Blewett. So on the AB thing, Mike Mike Silver, you got to find him on Twitter at Mike Silver. He has a 20-tweet thread explaining what the story is, and it's well-sourced. He's talking about four different sources, talking about this helmet changeover being a huge hindrance in Antonio Brown's mind to his ability to play football in 2019. He's threatening retirement. He's talking about, and, and frankly, the biggest issue right now, the, the retirement threat is ridiculous, but you have to take that with a grain of salt. I think he's just sort of trying to create whatever leverage he can, which is zero in this situation. But, George, the biggest problem, obviously, for the Raiders is that he's seeking treatment on his feet, but then he's gone radio silent, according to reports. He's just not around and they can't get in touch with him. So he's conducting some sort of weird helmet holdout when the team has nothing to do with it, and everybody's going to have to use the new helmet anyway. He's got less than zero leverage. Apparently he had a two-hour meeting with the NFL today, and I guess he, these comments came after this meeting, which means the NFL pretty much told him to stick it. Yeah. You know, and uh, It's weird because the NFL is trying to protect the players. Whatever you think about the NFL, the idea here is you wear a helmet, it's going to protect your head. Right, so that's the idea here, and apparently he wants to wear the old helmet, which doesn't protect the head as much. I, I understand where he's going. He's comfortable with that helmet. He plays well. Maybe this new helmet makes him look like the Great Gazoo, whatever it might be. Too big and looks funny, whatever. You know, we all know these players they want to look good more than anything else. So, so I sort of get that, but you know, this is what is, it's wrong. The NFL's trying to help you here, and you don't want to be helped. And now you're going to hold it. You just you said it perfectly. You're blaming the Raiders for this. What do you want them to do? I mean, what do you want? The, what do you want the players' association to do here? It's okay for some players not to have as much protection as other players. It just doesn't make any sense. Tom Brady's worn that helmet for 18 years or something along those lines, and he's got to give in to his old helmet. So he's acquiescing. All the players will have to. Ultimately, do I think he's going to hold out or retire? No, I think he's ticked off right now. Probably giving himself more time to have his feet heal up and 
and then he'll be back in camp. But just to have a guy like this that is apparently constantly distracted in meetings, which doesn't surprise me, uh, I, I just think that the Raiders have maybe bitten off more than they can chew, and it's a team that isn't all the way there yet, right? Gruden's trying to model this team in his image, and he's got this guy, a veteran, that's coming in and creating disturbances amongst the team, and he hasn't even played a game for them yet. He's the definition of an I-me player. No that's, doubt. You know, it's I-me, look at me, look what I'm doing. I think that's what half this is, by the way. Look, once again, look what I'm saying, look what I'm uh, doing here. It's idiotic. I don't it's think just, these threats are real. I think he's just trying to get a little bit more attention. He's not going to you know, retire from football over a helmet. Right. There's no way that happens here. Still, I'll say it again. I think the Bills are the big winners here. They didn't have to worry about paying him all that money and make the trade with them for Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh has to be thinking, or Tomlin has to be thinking, see, told you, not me, him. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's too hard to deal with here. Yeah, basically 30 million bucks in guaranteed salary. So there's no, I don't think there's any chance he would walk away, nor would the Raiders be able to cut him. There's just too much dead cap space there. Next year, 15 million. If he's still creating a problem, you start to talk about it, but it can't happen this year. Plus, they're trying to win some games. Gruden's trying to build something before they move to Vegas. But uh, nonetheless, we have a call here, uh, buddy, friend of the show, friend of the network, Bob from Vermont. It's been a while since we spoke. What are you doing, what are you doing Bob? Bob from Vermont going once. Bob from Vermont going twice. I guess there's no Bob, George. I'm sorry. I know you're disappointed. He's, I can hear him. You, oh, there you, you go. Hear him? Yeah, I got him. I got him. Okay. He said hello. I'm here, guys. There I, you go, Bob. Hi, Mike. How you doing? I'm doing okay, Bob. What, what can we uh, do for you today on this fine Friday Are you doing afternoon? your shows on Sunday like you used to? I will be doing shows. Uh, it is confirmed. I will be doing shows on Sunday. So you can stare at me. You can listen to me. Whatever you want to do, Bob. I'll be there. Yeah, like I like you. to call in and ask you your opinion about my lineup. Uh, well, then I'll be happy to provide my opinion each and every Sunday right here. Yeah. On the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. So yes, Bob. You're I'll awesome. I like you, Mike. You're awesome you're, too. We're all from New York. We're all three from New York. I don't think that makes us awesome necessarily, but it's a feather in our yeah, cap. Yeah, we're awesome because we're from New York. Yeah. Okay. Well, Gabe's awesome too. He's from Toronto. That's right. He's from Montreal, actually, but. Uh, uh, oh, right, 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 right. He Canada's is from, from Montreal. That's true. He That's likes right. the, yes, Expos. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they come to this. Um, I hope they get a team up there. That's you, a good stadium. You want to bring a baseball team back to Canada? Yeah. I don't think we can figure that out on this show, but uh, George, opinions oh, on baseball show, in Canada? No, I no, I think Antonio is uh, dumb. You know, they're, they're dumb. looking out for his safety, you know. Bob, would you ever dye your mustache blonde like uh, Antonio Brown did? No, I shaved it off. You shaved it I don't off, grow right. mustaches because I got gray hair anyway. So uh, well, that's even more reason to dye it blonde. That's why I'm asking. I didn't know that you'd yeah. grade, you had grayed. You sound like a young, vibrant man, so I just wanted to see I'm if you would. I'm 50 years old. Well, you sound you old. sound far younger than that, Bob. So I, I, oh, really? Yeah. No, I do. Well, I got a high-pitched voice. They call me Jerry Lewis. Okay. Aren't yeah. we the same age, though, me and you? Well, uh, that you, you're accusing me of being 50, and as you can see on your video screens, I'm far younger. Yeah, you're than young. That. You're young. Yeah, thanks. But you you went to a good college, right? You said I went you to a pretty good college. college. I don't know that it does anything for me here on the microphone, but I yeah, it's Boston pretty good. College. Yeah, I went to Boston no, College. Like Boston it's not college. a bad school. Yeah. How's George doing? I like George too. You can answer for himself. What are you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah, George, I'm doing, George, since we're talking about George, Blonde Mess, like George, would you uh, grow up a mustache and die in the Antonio Brown? I can't grow a mustache. 
Never, uh, never good at that. Oh, for sure. No, he's a moron. Yeah. So, uh, Bob, what oh, else no. you got? Let's let's pick a sports topic that we can talk about because I don't have your line. Yeah, no, I like. No, I think the NFL is right. They're trying to keep them safe. You know. So, that's right. You're really out so on a limb on this get one, Bob. Injured, yeah. What? what else are they going to do? They're no, safer. They're it's never going to be the, even safe. Tom Brady finally got rid of his. That's right. Helmet. Eighteen years he's wearing that helmet, and he ditched it. So, right. uh, there isn't so anything he, he can do. The protocol: What happens if you get like the head? See when, like when they retire. That movie, um, Percussion. I saw that movie. That was a horrible movie. Yeah, that, I didn't watch. I didn't watch it because I thought it was going to be horrible. I, I don't typically don't yeah, like fictionalized uh, movies about actual history. But it history. was the real truth. That's how they die. Well, yeah. All right, Bob, you're really bringing us down. Head. You're really bringing us down in this segment. We're no. trying, to, we're trying to. Well, yesterday the Giants won yesterday. Oh, there you and, go. And Jones, Danny Jones, looked very excellent yesterday. He did look very excellent. Uh, we're going to talk about him probably like on the other side of the break. Obviously, a good showing for yeah. both Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones. Bob, since you are a sports and football connoisseur, who would you rather have as your QB going forward, Sam Darnold or Daniel well, Jones? I. I still think Eli should be in there. All right. I didn't give you that choice. Uh, I didn't give you that choice. Would you rather have Sam Darnold or Daniel Jones? Oh, Daniel Jones. Yeah, Daniel Jones. Why? You have something against redheads? Is that Because I like his arm better than Sam Darnold. I like like the way he throws the ball. He has a very good, accurate arm. That's good stuff. That's excellent. I like that throw he threw. I like that that throw he threw, too. yeah, that was excellent analysis, yeah, Bob. Was that? Uh, I got I got to move on to potentially talking about. Oh some yeah, yeah, sports. no, I know, I you know how I run my mouth. I know, I know, but I appreciate you calling, and you're a huge fan of yeah, the show. Yeah, because I like you guys. Mine, you guys are I'm awesome. a fan of yours, and I, Vermont is beautiful huh? in the summertime. So go outside, have a cocktail, yeah. and uh, listen to the rest of the show. All right. Okay, Mike. Thanks, Bye, buddy. Mike and George. Have appreciate a great it. day, guys. So, George. Uh, as far as we're going to talk about tonight's games after the break, because we only got about 30 seconds, but uh, I might as well just ask you the question I asked Bob, uh, Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold, who'd you rather have? I think it's close, uh, but I'd probably go with Sam Darnold here, yeah. uh, but I do think it's close. I don't think it's necessarily, you know, well, one guy clearly beating the other guy. Daniel Jones had one good drive, boys. He goes one. All right. Let, <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's see what's going on here. That's I mean, right. the Jets are playing with twos. They weren't really game planning for him. Right. Let's see what happens here. I think it was a good sign. It I'll tell you sign. one thing. It was. It's good he played well because if he played poorly, oh my God, the, the everyone would be all over the Giants right now. If he was I terrible agree. last night. If he was like one of six and two interceptions, forget about it. I you know, oh my God, the Giants made a huge mistake. They're terrible. The world's coming to an end. We're gonna finish 0-16. We're not gonna win a game for four years. You know, be all that sort of thing. Pat so, Shermer's uh, a barrel of laughs, isn't he? <laughs> Telling everybody to slow their roll. All right, Pat, we're trying to have a little bit of fun with it. Jeez, sort the worst team, football. one of the worst teams in football. I'm trying to see something positive. Anyway, come right back after this. Talk a little bit more about some of the stories from last night and tonight. Steelers Bucks right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. 
back on Game Time Decisions. Thanks for joining us on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Mike and George here in for Gabe and Cam. So we got some action tonight, George. A uh, lot of games last night. I was kind of flipping around. I, I missed a lot of first-teamers, so I caught a little bit. I caught Giants-Jets, obviously. I, I, I was on uh, Bears-Panthers for a while. Uh, so pretty fun uh, play in that Giants game, which was delayed by a lot. There was a, a local player that had a tip pass and picked it off and ran it back for a touchdown. He's a local kid from uh, local colleges and local high school, so it was fun. I'm sure he had a ton of family there. You see a lot of those types of stories. The Browns had a kick returner that had, had to beg his way onto the field for a tryout, and now he's trying to stick with the team as the last man on the team. Um, he, he returned a kick for a touchdown. So you see these stories and the hard knocks type stories that become popularized on that show. You start to see these throughout every team and can these guys make it? But, you know, we're, we're, I don't know if anything came out of last night's game in particular that, look, you and I have done shows for years together. There's only so much you can take out of these preseason games. As you said, the Daniel Jones thing was a good thing for his confidence and so that the Boo Birds didn't come raining down. Anything else come out of those games that worries you? There's obviously a big one from the Eagles that I can get to in a second, but uh, I'll throw it to you first. I don't know if I'd say anything that worries me uh, about last night. It was good to see Daniel Jones play well, but like I said, it was one series. One. Okay, I'm not about to anoint this guy. I'm not going to crown him, as Dennis Green would say, okay? So let's just calm down here uh, as far as that's concerned. Maybe maybe it puts a little pressure on Eli. I still think it's week seven is when you're looking at for uh, Daniel Jones to, uh, to take over for Eli. I think that's the perfect landing spot there. Yeah. Just going, it's just going by schedule there. Yeah. As when the Giants probably be two and four, season will be on the brink. They get a little, a little longer. I think they have a ten-day break there before the in-between games there, and you're facing the Cardinals. Not so much a knock on the Cardinals, but it's a it's a softer landing spot than what it could be. So that's all great there. Yeah. I know you're about to talk about the uh, Eagles' backup quarterback yeah, getting Sutfeld. hurt. Yeah, don't care. Yeah, I mean, if it came down to him, you were toast anyway. I agree so with I, that. I agree with that. that doesn't but, bother me. Um, I agree with that. It's just that they don't necessarily have anybody capable if Wentz loses another month. Now, if Wentz has a season-ending injury, you're right. It's all out the window anyway. I just You'd be concerned if they're in a tight race, which we do suspect they could be in a tight race with Dallas for the division, and um, Wentz goes down for two or three weeks with some sort of relatively minor injury. Uh, who can pick up the slack there? Even if it happens at the beginning of the season, who can pick up the slack? So... It looks like they're going to be trying some guys out. You got, uh, I believe, Cody Kessler's there in camp, and uh, the, I saw the name Colin Kaepernick obviously came up again anytime somebody goes down. It's been three years. It's not an it's an eternity in football time, but it's not an eternity. I just don't see that happening. Um, but because they have an injury prone starter, George, it makes it a a slightly bigger story for me than it would otherwise be. I think you're right. If it's season ending, it doesn't matter. But uh, for Wentz. But I do. I would rather have somebody more accomplished in there for a couple of weeks. You always once again, if the starter for most teams is out for any kind of decent amount of time, your season's over. Nobody, very few teams. I shouldn't say nobody, but very few teams have legitimate backups yeah. where you can survive. And I'm not talking about he's out for two weeks. Yeah, most backups you pray to go one and one. But anybody who's out for four, six weeks, especially a team like the Eagles, the Eagles won't be able to compete with the Cowboys. Or if the Cowboys, if the Cowboys lost Dak, it wouldn't matter. They'd be done. You, know, you don't go on and on down the line here. Uh, teams that would suffer here. The, these races are going to be too close. So if you're out four to six weeks, you're done. Yes, uh, Wentz being out, uh, Wentz having injury history is certainly true. But that's, that's more of a fantasy thing. You draft Wentz in a fantasy league, make sure you get another quarterback. Yeah. 
And in fantasy, quarterback is extremely deep. You'll get another, you can easily get another quarterback. You just I, participated I a in a draft uh, a couple of hours ago. We'll go into that a little bit later in the show, but Cam Newton went in the 13th round just to show you how these single quarterback leagues. Matt Ryan went in the 11th. That's when I took him. I would, have all over, I would have drafted him before you. This was an expert draft with everybody from FNTSY, yeah. and no one was taking quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes went fourth. I think Deshaun Watson was the second quarterback who went in the sixth round. Yeah. So people were waiting, waiting, and waiting, and waiting for quarterbacks. Yeah. And uh, I still ended up with Ryan. I think I took Cousins in the second to last round Got as it. my backup there. So, like I said, in most fantasy leagues, the way you start one quarterback, you can wait to draft one. Well, I think what was interesting last night, just from a gambling angle in these games last night, and I was on with Gabe on uh, In Game Live last night, there's a couple of things that sort of popped out to me in terms of teams that you can look for, George. And we'll talk about this in the context of the Steelers and Bucks and anybody else uh, the other game later, uh, Vikes, Saints. There's two things that are really helpful. One is when you have a coach that is a really strong technician and cares a lot about special teams, Exhibit A, John Harbaugh, and they blew out the Jags. If you're a Jags fan, I'm sure you're not happy about it, but almost every starter was benched, and the Ravens are just very good about execution, as good as any team in the league in executing particular special teams. That's always a help. And Seattle, in general, Seattle's very good against the spread in preseason as well. And Carroll's just sort of coaching to win. The other piece, George, is when you have a backup that's accomplished. And you saw that in New England and with Tennessee last night. Because you may not sit here and rave about Brian Hoyer or Ryan Tannehill, but they're a hell of a lot better than a lot of the guys that are coming out there working with the second stringers and can push the ball down the field and score. And Tannehill had a really nice game last night, certainly a lot more uh, impressive than Mar- Marcus Mariota, the starter there. And then Hoyer, I don't think he's going to unseat the starter in New England anytime soon, but he's able to move the ball down the field. So from a gambling perspective, you have to consider those veteran quarterbacks that can engineer the offense regardless of their surrounding cast. Well, the gambling in the preseason, we discussed this with Gabe yesterday, and uh... – I should have listened to Gabe. I went 3-1. and one. The one I lost, he was on the Giants. I was on the Jets. So uh, that he won that. I lost. Uh, he also convinced me to bet on the uh, the Buffalo Bills. So thank you, Gabe, uh, for that, what it's worth there. I mean, in preseason, you, we like on teams that have three quarter, uh, two legitimate quarterbacks. Think about the 49ers tomorrow in Dallas. They are, it's at San Fran. But they're four-and-a-half four point favorites. But you're going to get Garoppolo for, for a little bit. Mullins, you know, Bethard. So that's three quarterbacks. They'll probably, te- you know, tear Dallas apart here. Because Dallas, obviously, they're not going to have Elliott. They're not going to have Cooper, who's been out with the heel injury. You know, so Dallas will be playing a whole bunch of uh, second and third stringers. The 49ers should do well. I think they'll cover that spread of four and a half tomorrow. I would take the 49ers. So uh, that's what I look for as far as the gambling perspective. What team is deeper, especially a quarterback, than other teams? You know, because we know the starter in week one, eh, a series, two. Yeah. I mean, a quarter would be uh, an immense amount of time. But generally, it's a series or two, and they're done. You know, so you're looking for those teams that have very good backups. Fitzpatrick and Rosen in Miami, that's why we like them, because once again, once one's out, the other one takes over there. So that's what I look for. That's one of the things I look for in preseason. You mentioned the Ravens. I think all week long we've been saying Harbaugh is, what, 31, 13, and 1? Yeah. It's right like that's 45. Yeah. Right. It's something crazy like that. He's winning two-thirds of his games. Yeah. So once again, that was an easy – he takes it seriously. Now, that's not to say that he's right now. All these other coaches who don't care are wrong, but he takes it seriously. I think that's it is his background as a special teams that. coach, too, George. 
he's very focused on tech on executing plays properly. It doesn't necessarily mean he's going to obviously doesn't mean he's going to win the Super Bowl every year, but when it comes to special teams and executing and the players that may not make the roster, you can't even be in camp if you're not executing in Ravens camp, especially on special teams and those plays we saw a whole bunch last night. Kick returns, you know, fumbles, turnovers, a lot of that kind of stuff going for touchdowns because there's also a lot of mistakes, so you can take advantage of those mistakes when you're a sound technique team, and I think the Ravens proved that certainly last night. Now, to focus on the, the quarterback thing for tonight's games, we'll, we'll take Bucks steelers first. So you got Jameis uh, backed up by Glenn, Blaine Gabbert, and then you have Ben backed up by Josh Dobbs. So from that perspective, you're probably leaning towards the Bucks a little bit. Um, I don't know what kind of vibe the Steelers are going to have coming out here without some of the baggage that they had a year ago. I've Everything I've read, it's a lot quieter there. I read another story today about Tomlin and how bad he is with challenging. He's two for 14 in his career. He hasn't won a challenge since 2016. He hired Terrell Austin, who is a former defensive coordinator and is going to be up in the box this year. And it seems to be that he is going to take over perhaps recommending which plays to challenge or not. So a lot of different stories there for the Steelers, but uh, I don't expect to see much out of this and much James Conner or Juju Smith-Schuster or anything else. But to your point on the quarterbacks, from a depth standpoint, the Jameis handing it over Blaine Gabbard might seem to be give you a little bit more depth with Ryan Griffin behind him as opposed to Josh Dobbs and Mason Rudolph, no? I might also wonder, does Winston play a little longer than normal? I was wondering the, the same thing. Right, the new offense and everyone wants to get him in there. I'm not saying he's going to play a half or anything silly like that. Yeah, an extra series. But I, I, an extra series is what I'm looking for here. I, I do wonder that. You know, if uh, maybe then again, he could look great in the first series, have a touchdown, and then up, up, your day's done. So it's always a guessing game in preseason, which is why I, I don't automatically force myself to bet preseason games. You know, if I don't like it, and I, I admit I don't like a slate tonight at all. Nothing's really speaking to me in football. Uh, I'll leave it alone. You know, I'm not going to feel the need to bet one of these games tonight, but over under uh, a total. Uh, I'm not. You know, but there's plenty of baseball games for my action. Yeah. So the Steelers hosting the Bucks. You're minus two. Minus 140 in the money line, 37 total. Of all of that, I'll take the over. I think you got some passing offenses here that are going to try to get it going, even with the backups. We've heard all offseason about this is a time for Jameis. George, there's a lot of buzz about Jameis in terms of him being a potentially good fantasy quarterback. You and I both don't know if it's going to help him in his NFL career because he might put up some numbers and he might go 5-11, and 11, right? But... This offense in general, with Leftwich, with Arians there, may they try to push the ball down the field on this Steelers defense. I like it. I think that's the one thing you could, you could convince me of. I could see myself putting a, a $10, $20 on the over here. I don't, I don't like the game totals. I'm certainly not going to take uh, Tampa Bay plus two at Pittsburgh minus two on the spread. The money line minus 140 plus 120, that doesn't excite me either. But the... The total, the over, is something I can see doing, yes. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about these teams a little later, and then we'll get into Vikings and Saints. That spread right now. That's three. That's in the Dome. Teddy Bridgewater's a backup there. We're talking about depth and QB. Got to like that. Come right back. Mike and George, Game Time Decisions.
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. If you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000, just go to pointsbet.com backslash grid and open up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID, G-R-I-D, and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $1,000. So in addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet by. So, for example, if you bet USC minus three and they beat Oregon minus seven, by seven points, excuse me, you'll receive seven times your stake. So that's pointsbet.com backslash grid. Enter promo code GRID, G-R-I-D, and get your two risk-free bets up to $1,000 today. So if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Let's see website for details. So, George, we were talking a little bit about Bucks Steelers, uh, but another game tonight. Uh, and we get into the fantasy components, too, of uh, all of these teams in a moment. I, I guess before I get into Vikes Saints, I think the, there's two real question marks from a fantasy standpoint with the Bucks and the Steelers. You can get on board with both quarterbacks, talk yourselves into them. We think they'll both be right around the end of the QB1 conversation. Both could be higher, right? There's some upside there. Ben was Ben was awesome last year, thrown for tons of yards and everything else. Jameis, uh, people th- seem to think he's uh, number 12 with a bullet. But the running back conversation. We feel good about Connor. You feel good about Juju Smith-Schuster on the Steelers side. But on the Bucks side, Peyton Barber had all the touches last year. This is year two for Ronald Jones. Our own Chris Venture is talking about free Rojo. But realistically, what do you think happens here with the Bucks backfield in 2019? Huh. Do I care? <laughs> I mean, fa- fantasy-wise, no, I really don't here. Uh, you know, they're one of the teams, Mike, I think you and I talked about it last weekend, that if the Chargers were willing to talk about a trade for uh, Gordon, Tampa would make some sense, right? I mean, free, yep. free Rojo. Uh, like I said Chris Venture is big on that. Uh, and I mean, Barber, just check with Rogers. There's, not, there's nothing there. There's nothing special there. I don't think Rojo's anything, uh, anything all that great. Maybe he gets a little better, maybe. You know, but are we talking, what's his upside? I mean, uh, an average number two? Yeah, that's, that's all I see here. I don't see him as uh, truly being a number one uh, fantasy back for the Buccaneers. I think, uh, listen, they took a, sw- they took a swing last year, they missed. And they're going to have to move on from that. Uh, luckily for them, running back this position, you can, you can find them a draft. You don't need to draft it early. But they're going to go, uh, they're gonna have to figure that out eventually here. But like I said, I do wonder, the Chargers, if they were to make a trade, because you go through every team in the NFL, you know, the, uh, the Buccaneers make sense, right? Texans said they weren't going to do it. Then, of course, they traded for Duke Johnson, so they knew they needed help. It's so a different kind of back there. So I think Gordon to the Bucs would make some sense here. But uh, when it comes to the Buccaneers, I mean, listen, they have issues on defense. They have issues with the running game. They have issues with the quarterback, too. Their big thing this season really is, is Jameson our guy? Because if he is, then you've got to pay him big money next year. Uh, agreed. Now, on the Steelers' side, the big debate, and tell me what happened in the draft. I, I believe Dane Martinez in your recent draft took both Dante Moncrief and James Washington. I don't know when they went in your draft, but give me a sense of who you'd rather have at their current ADP and who do you think breaks through as the actual number two. 
All right, you're right about Dane. He did take them. He took them in rounds eight and nine back-to-back, eight, 12, and nine, one. Uh, and he already had five wide receivers. This is this, These are wide receivers, six and seven in nine rounds uh, of uh, Dane. Well, actually, I, I take that back. It may not have been. I forgot that him and Chris made a trade, but the grid doesn't show the trade. So I, I actually don't know, who, I don't know what players are on what team here yet. So uh, maybe it's not seven wide receivers. But he did take Moncrief and Washington. Uh, I mean – Mike, I've died with Moncrief before. You know, so I'm done. I'm done. You know, I bought it to with Indianapolis. I took a chance on it. It didn't work out there. I know the one season he had a lot of touchdowns, but not really many old many catches. I think Washington has some upside here. I would, uh, I'll take whichever one's furthest in the draft. I'll take the value and see what happens here. But I do think for the Steelers to have a successful season, somebody has to break out and take the pressure off Smith-Schuster, off uh, James Conner. Or else I think his offense is going to struggle a little bit if yeah. they don't have a, a, a – a legitimate number two wide receiver. Yeah. I, I'll tell you right now, according in the last week, NFFC ADPs, Dante Moncrief is going off the board as the 109th player. James Washington off the board as the 110th player. I think it tells you everything you need to know. They are back-to-back. People don't know exactly how it's going to break out. Anyway, that tells you they know exactly what's going on at this point. Doesn't really know. I'm take I'm betting on Washington. I think he's the second year player that they made an investment in. He was extremely productive in college. Dante Moncrief is now on his third team in three years. I think the NFL is sort of telling you what they think of him. So right now I'll take Washington and hopefully he's gotten on the same page with Ben. Antonio Brown's first season all the stuff we talked about Antonio Brown earlier in the show aside. Antonio Brown's first season with Ben Roethlisberger wasn't productive, and he turned into the best wide receiver in football. I'm not suggesting James Washington will be that, but that's where my bet would be, even for this year. Long-term, certainly him, but even for this year, I'll take Washington in that battle. As far as the Bucks running backs are concerned, I think George said it all. I don't think they're going to be a particularly fearsome running duo. I think Rojo gets more touches, but how valuable is that for you? You're taking a guess if you think he's going to break out because he, he got 90 offensive snaps last year. It was his rookie season. He had every opportunity to play, and he got 90 snaps total So on, a, on the offensive side of the ball. So, uh, all right, let's turn the page over to tonight's game. Uh, we're talking about uh, backup quarterbacks. You're going to have Teddy Bridgewater in there for a lot of the night tonight. Uh, the spread right now, minus three Saints in New Orleans. That spread, 37 and a half. Um. So give me your thoughts on tonight's game. I know you said you don't feel strong. You didn't feel strongly too much about the Steelers Bucks, but maybe you take the over there. How about this game? Feel more strongly about this one, one way or the other? No, I probably feel less strong. <laughs> weak. Feel weak about this. Uh, Saints, let's see uh, their first game back at home since that uh, devastating loss. Yeah, I mean, has any team had back to back? No. Been a back to back from eliminated from the playoffs. I mean, uh, they lost to the Vikings. These Vikings because they're. Uh, what their safety slash cornerback can't tackle, you know. Oh, you push him out of bounds, buddy. Just wrap him up, and your this game was over. He was afraid he was going to get a penalty. I, I understand dumb. why. It was a dumb play, but I understand why. Dumb. There's nothing to do. You, you don't don't just st- just stand there. Let him catch that's the ball, then take him do. down. Yeah. Right. That's all you had to do. There was nothing else to do. Just just stand there. You know, you chose the the worst option. He's he's gone, and that <laughs> Stephon Diggs, and that cost you that game. And then last year, as we know, at the uh, the missed pass interference call, and yes, it was certainly pass interference. It was missed. They, I think that lawsuit's still going on, but now the Saints filed a brief saying they support the NFL now. Yeah. What are they hoping happens out of this lawsuit, by the way? That they're going to go back in time now and replay the game? That's why I it's, mean, 
It's terrible, Stop. but none of that stuff, none of those appeals or anything, don't ever mean anything. It's so what, some, why, it's some somebody trying to get their name. Why would a court even take this? Right? Why would why would a court even accept this? We don't have bigger things to worry about in this Local country. Local attorney that's trying to get joke. a class action lawsuit going and get his name in the paper and raise his profile. It's it's all silly. It's your point. There's bigger fish to fry. Right. It's terrible. It isn't fair. Uh, Adam Gase won a challenge. Won a challenge on a pass interference penalty. So uh, we'll see how that goes. I'm sure it'll that's going to be. I'm sure it'll be smooth. That's going to be a colossal nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Because you think about it, Mike. I mean, I know you know this, yeah. but there's pass interference on every play. Yeah. Every play is pass interference. So you know, you hear. Uh, I forget the head of the officials. Who's the head guy again? Uh, ah, whatever. It was Dean Blandino, but he nah, he's not, left to go him. TV. Uh, if you, if you said it, it yeah. I'd know it. Whatever, Mr. Head, you, he's oh, well, it's only clear and controversial evidence of a pass interference. Well. What's your definition of clear and controversial? Alberto Riveron. Riveron, that's it. Maybe your definition of clear and uh, and and you know clear is different than mine. I mean, so what's going to go? And maybe the definition of clear is different from one reviewer from the next reviewer. You're not going to have one guy review all these plays, right? I think eight nine games could be happening on a one o'clock slate. You know, whatever it's too too cold to be reviewed. So I don't see how this is going to work. There's going to be a lot of problems here. Listen, they screwed up. The refs screwed up. No doubt they screwed up. But being able to review penalties is going to be a nightmare in the NFL. I agree with you. Uh, I, I just don't know. Look, when it comes to replay, and George and I are sort of on the same page about this, the deeper we get into it, and I support instant replay. I'm not the type that's going to sit here and tell you uh, we should get rid of it. I think anytime you can utilize technology to improve the game, you should. And overall, I think replay has been a net positive. However... It has, in many instances, become something that it wasn't intended to be, slowing it down to the ten thousandth of a second to find out if a blade of grass moved under somebody's hands when the ball touched the ground to wave off the catch. You know, as a Steelers fan, the Jesse James catch against New England was brutal in that moment. But honestly, it did lead to some common sense coming back into the catch rule. I really do think that play was a catalyst for it. Do you really want to talk about the catch rule to a Cowboy fan? No. I, no. I, I don't. No. But, Please don't bring this up. And it took years after the Desing to happen for the Jesse James thing to happen. And then sometime between the Jesse James catch and the Super Bowl, they obviously came to their senses because – Zach Ertz and uh, Wendell Smallwood touchdown catches, or Corey Clement. I thought Ertz catches. was fine, but it was Clement, that one yeah. he caught back to the end, that was, inc- by right. rule, that was an incomplete pass. Right. So, so, I, was, so sometime in the five weeks between that Steelers-Pats game and the Super Bowl. Rule changed. And no one told rule us. changed. And, and I was happy about it. I, I'd rather those be catches because it's too confusing otherwise. Anyway, the greater point is that instant replay has become something it wasn't intended to be. And now when we start doing this to penalties – I think they're going to muck it up again, frankly. It's just going, going to get down, more difficult, and it's going to create delays in the games, and it's going to create arguments over things that, George, going into the penalty and going into the replay, it's sort of a 50-50. Coming out, it's sort of a 50-50, but they changed the call. And you're saying, well, why did they change the call? I don't really know. It's just going to confuse people more, frankly. The NFL is putting another problem on their plate. Uh, you can't review penalties. You just can't. Some refs call. I referee men's hockey games. Uh, so, and every ref calls plays differently for whatever reason. And there's also a chance where, oh, man, I, my hand didn't go up. I didn't call that play. Damn it. 
Uh, I don't know why my hand just didn't go up. And I might uh, let the team then get away with one down the line to make up for it. You know, that does happen. They can say it doesn't, but it does happen. You know, we, uh, you know, you let one go here. Or you just not, you know what, I'm not calling this kind of foul today. Let him play. The human That's reaction. It's a yeah, normal so I, human reaction. I think it's silly. I think it's silly. I sort of get it in hockey a little bit where you can review major penalties to make sure there was a hit to the head. You know, and I wouldn't mind that in the NFL. If they want to review the major penalty, 15 yards to make sure, yes, the uh, safety did. But in college, did, that's so become that, a huge problem in college football, targeting penalties and guys getting right. thrown out after the fact. It does keep some guys on the field because they decide it wasn't a targeting penalty, but it's kicked guys out of games who clearly sort of didn't have the intent to hit with their helmet in the first place, but a, a receiver lowered their head or he came see, across that's the middle. Why I, that's what I don't mind Riveron or whoever they're doing, him making that decision. Yeah. All right, that was a clear target, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't mind that. I think that's more definable yeah. than a pass interference, which in my mind is not definable. So that's, that's my issue there. I have no problem with replay. I do want to get the calls right. You know me, Mike. In baseball, I want Questic. I want robot arms. Yeah. I hate the home plate umpire. He, they're terrible. By the way, it's absolutely terrible. The dumbest thing in all of sports, we're having guys spot the football on the Oh, eye my test. God. It's the dumbest the thing guys who are in all of sports. Yards, yeah. That's guesswork. These referees guesswork. work their tails off to get to the NFL, but it takes 30 years. There's nobody my age. I'm 46. Nobody my age or younger really refing in the NFL. There's some linesmen maybe, but they're on the younger side. We have refs that are in their 60s eye-checking the spots and guys holding chains. Can we just That's get a chip in the football so we can spot it? We have tons of technology all around us. Cell phone, everything. Everybody's got technology in their pockets that are far better than a chain link fence that just runs 10 yards and have guys run out and measure it. With They're not allowed to use the index cards anymore. Like That was a huge advancement in technology. So I love the guy who's doing the punts with his hand up in the air, going, oh, yeah, the punt went out of bounds here. How right. could you watch up there right. and know where it is here? You can see that. You can't see that. Not with any accuracy. Guess what? It turned into old man... That was an old man segment right there. We'll come back. We'll try to talk about Saints Vice. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, just about three minutes to the top of the hour before we get into hour number two on Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Mike and George here in for Gabe and Cam. So tonight's game, George, you don't really love. Uh, you, we talked Steelers, Bucks over. Uh, Saints, Vikes, a little bit more nebulous. We're not really sure. But we got Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill will probably have the, the load of the snaps versus on the Vikings side, Sean Mannion, Kyle Sloter. You got to feel better about the Saints there, right? Nebulous, Mike's word of the day for the, yeah. on his word of the day calendar. Thanks, buddy. Uh, I always got a bunch of chops of one word per show. I just waiting. Try. I'm just waiting for it. What's the word going to be? It's got to be one per hour, maybe. I'd be disappointed if you didn't say something. But what happened to Mike? Sorry, I'm allergic to uh, I'm allergic to you being mad at my uh, vocabulary skills. <laughs> better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think? 
What do I think? All right. Uh, Bridgewater and Hill uh, got to beat out Mannion and Zloter, right? I agree. Uh, I would agree with you there. But I'm still not. I mean, it's minus three for New Orleans, minus 165 on the money line. If you're going to go that direction, over under is 37 and a half, at least on my uh, my site. I'm not feeling it. You know, Vikings have a decent defense. If you were if you were to force me, once again, you're saying I have to, I'd probably go the minus three on the spread because that's only minus 110. I don't want to lay 165, so I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take the over under at all here. So I can see the the spread here, minus three. But uh, I'm not betting it. I'll tell. I am going to put something on the over in Pittsburgh. You convinced me, Mike. So yeah. if I lose cash, this is your fault. I like it. You're lucky we're not doing a show tomorrow. So Saint, I know Saint you. Saint fantasy question for 2019: Which pass catcher do you want right. past Michael Thomas? In a regular league, not a best ball league. You know, it might be it might be Ted getting both, and I'll just take the chance that I hit him. I start him on the right week here. I think Traquan Smith eventually, maybe. But uh, I, I, I think it's going to be a spread around thing. There's nobody I'm dying for at number two. I think any of these guys you grab, Mike, they're all double-digit round guys and sort of mud against the wall. I'll take a shot at Ginn. I'll take a shot at Traquan Smith see what happens here. But I don't feel great about any of them. Considering their ADPs, you'd rather have Jared Cook or Kyle Rudolph? Rudolph, I'll wait. Yeah, I'm with you. I've just never been a fan of Jared Cook. He finds himself in a good offense now, but we keep trying to bank on these Saints tight ends. It's been a long time since Jimmy Graham was producing. Long time. Come back. Hour number two, Game Time Decisions with Mike and George after this. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. The news update from Game Time Decisions. Good evening, everybody. I'm George Kurtz, and this is your fantasy news update. Antonio Brown had a two-hour meeting with the NFL today to discuss a helmet issue. Apparently, Antonio Brown wants to wear his old helmet, which is more than 10 years old and not allowed by the NFL anymore. And the NFL said, no. Antonio Brown has stated he won't play. He'll retire if he can't wear his new helmet. I find that hard to believe, but we'll see what happens there. Antonio Brown now out of camp with a foot issue from freezing it off in a cryptotherapy accident and now a helmet issue as well. Good luck, Antonio Brown. Andrew Luck also out of camp, still feeling the effects of that camp injury, which he's had his OTs. We're talking about months here, not weeks. They will. He's not going to be in the rest of camp. They will take a wait-and-see approach to see what happens on Wednesday. That's when they'll make their next decision on if and when Luck will begin practicing again. It's time to get a little bit worried now in fantasy leagues about where you're trying to take Luck if he doesn't practice next week as well. Antonio Callaway for the Cleveland Browns suspended four games for substance abuse policy violation there. So Callaway will sit out most of September there. In baseball, uh, Nelson Cruz has a uh, torn ligament in his wrist. He's on the IL. No word yet on how long he may or may not be out for. This is a devastating blow for the Minnesota Vikings as Cruz was hitting home runs by the bucket load of late. The Minnesota Twins once had a double-digit lead over the Cleveland Indians. That lead is now down to one game as those two two teams continue their uh, their four-game series tonight. Game two tonight. Cleveland won last night. Luis Severino for the Yankees threw 23 pitches in a rehab uh, outing yesterday. He said he felt good. 
and he's, uh, I guess, well on his way to his next step in his recovery from multiple injuries this season. Louds Gurriel, the Toronto Blue Jays, injured his quad last night while facing the New York Yankees, tripped over really first base from what it looked like. He's out of the lineup on Friday. Uh, Aaron Judge also out of the lineup in this game. Uh, it looks like to be just a day off here. No injury has been reported. Gary Sanchez for the Yankees is expected to return off the I.L. tomorrow and possibly start for the Yanks. Stroman for the uh New York Mets, the other New York team, he will make his city field debut tonight. Stroman is from Long Island, from New York, so we'll see how he handles the pressure of pitching at home. He'll face off in a very important series versus the Washington Nationals and Steven Strasburg tonight at 7-10. Uh, our slate, football slate tonight, we have two football games as we continue with week one of the preseason here. We have Tampa Bay at Pittsburgh at 7.30. Tampa Bay, plus 120. Pittsburgh, minus 140. At 8 o'clock, our last game, last NFL game of the night, Minnesota Vikings and New Orleans Saints. Minnesota, plus 135. New Orleans, minus 160. We do have live baseball action currently going on here. Actually, the game has just ended. My apologies. The Oakland Athletics have shut out the Chicago White Sox, 7 to nothing. Mike Fears goes seven innings for the win in this game. Eight strikeouts, no runs, obviously. The uh, Rust Atwater for the White Sox, he takes a loss. Five and one-third innings, two earned runs on four hits and four strikeouts. In this game, Piscotti hit his 11th home run of the season for the Oakland Athletics. Pinder is 11th for the Athletics. And Chapman, his 25th, also obviously for the Athletics. On the board tonight in baseball, we have a full, full line of baseball. Braves, Marlins, Tehran versus Smith. Uh, starting at 7.10, Tehran minus 150, plus 125. Cubs, Reds, Darvish versus Bauer, minus 125 for Darvish, plus 105 for Trevor Bauer. Washington Nationals and those Mets, Mets and Strasburg for Stroman. Should be a good game tonight. Minus 130 for Washington, plus 110 for Stroman. Pittsburgh and Cardinals, Archer versus Daniel Hudson, plus 125 for the Pirates, minus 150 for your Cardinals. Diamondbacks and Dodgers, another top pitching performance tonight. Ray against Walker Bueller here, plus 165 for Ray, minus 175 for the Dodgers. Rockies and Padres, Freeland versus Quantrill, plus 125 for Colorado, minus 145 for San Diego. Phillies and Giants, the slumping Phillies are quickly playing themselves out of a playoff race here. Smiley versus Tyler Beatty, minus 120 for Philadelphia, plus 110 for the Giants. Houston against Baltimore, Wade Miley against Dylan Bundy, minus 295 for the Astros. Plus 235 for Baltimore. We're all going to be on Houston tonight, but you're going to want to parlay that game. Yankees and Blue Jays, minus 160 for Hap, plus 135 for Reed Foley and the Jays. Not you no judge in this lineup tonight for the Yankees. Angels and Red Sox, Barrier versus Johnson. You know, David Price placed on the IL yesterday by the Red Sox here. He's expected to return possibly next weekend. Sox need to win each and every game they possibly can. Plus 130 for the Angels, minus 150 for the Sox. Royals and Tigers, minus 150 for Keller and the Royals, plus 140. For Edwin Jackson, again, in the uh, Major League Baseball, softball pitcher pretty much, plus 140 for the Tigers. Take the over in this. Indians and Minnesota Twins, we mentioned, a very important series. Twins, uh, Indians win tonight. They'll be tied for the division lead. Cleveland, minus 145. Smelter and the Twins, plus 125. Tampa Bay and Seattle, uh, your 10-10 start tonight. Beaks for your Tampa Bay Rays, minus 130. Marco Gonzalez, plus 110 for the Seattle Mariners. Texas Rangers and Milwaukee Brewers. Gio Gonzalez on the hill for the Milwaukee Brewers tonight. They are minus 215. Texas Rangers, Allard, plus 175 there. Rangers also announced that although Kelly's back, Sean Kelly's back off the I.O., they're going to keep the closing job to Jose Leclerc. Leclerc is there. They signed into a pretty decent contract for a reliever in the offseason. They pretty much want him to close until you know, prove you close until you can't do it anymore. He's making the money. They want him to close. Numbers indicate that Kelly should really have this job. As once again, he just not has just hasn't played all that well here. In other news here, Luke Voigt hoping to avoid once again surgery for the New York Yankees for that poor muscle injury. 
Uh, it's quarter of the shot set to work well. We'll see what happens with them the next week. No Gleyber Torres tonight for the Yankees. They'll see on his on his availability for this weekend. Also has a core muscle injury, although all tests keep coming back negative for Gleyber Torres. So he, once again, it looks like he will avoid the IL as well for the hot chart week. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. Game Game time time decisions. decisions. Hey, what's up, everybody? Game Time Decisions Hour number two. Mike Blewett and George Kurtz in for Gabe and Cam. Happy to join you here. George, couple, I, I, I'm, I listed out a couple of things I want to talk about in terms of baseball, and we'll get back into football uh, in the longer segment. But I wanted to give you an opportunity in these next couple of minutes to do a segment that we don't often do here, and it is called Positive Islanders News. The New York Islanders will be building a stadium not far from where I live, George. And you have to be happy that they're actually back on Long Island and not playing at Barclays Center, which is not a hockey arena. And what are your thoughts? It's going to cost like $1.2 billion. I don't know how they're paying for it, but they are. I'm sure I'm paying for it and you're paying for it. And I don't know why it didn't get done the last time this came around. But anyway, happy for you to have the Islanders back in your backyard. Well, if you're a, uh, I think if you're a Nassau County resident, you should be probably pretty pissed right now because you're right. Charles Wine was going to pay for it himself, but they wouldn't let him do it in Uniondale, where the Islanders' uh, old arena is, the Nassau Coliseum. But as soon as they leave for a couple of seasons, they realize, oh, hey, yeah, we want them back now. So now they're going to build it at Belmont. All the, all things do look promising. There are a couple of groups though that are threatening to sue. So we'll see what happens here. Uh, we've talked about this with Cam and Gabe so many times, and uh, until I see a shovel and dirt, Mike, until I see shovel and dirt. I believe in not. I think it's a pretty good right. approach. There's plenty. Uh, there is room there. It's next to the racetrack. Belmont, plenty of room. But it is in a neighbor. I mean, it, it is like right nestled into a neighborhood. It's, it's, it's sort of weird. Where Park Bel- and Elmont. Yeah, sure. it's sort of weird where Bel- Belmont Park is right in the middle of a neighborhood. I, I, you know, I don't go to that many racetracks, but, you know, very often there is some distance between the racetrack and the housing. But there are houses right adjacent to Belmont Park, and that's basically where this arena will be i happen to know charles wong and i know amongst islanders fans he wasn't that popular but he really did try to keep them on long island he sold the team to make sure they stayed in new york didn't get moved around so i'm happy that the islanders are potentially going to get a new arena we'll see shovel and dirt like george says but i had to give him some props it's his team we never talk about it. so we'll come back we'll talk mlb and football after this From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire.
Game time decisions. Mike and George. Find him on Twitter at George Kurtz. I'm at Mike Blewett. Thanks for listening. So, a few of your notes. I just wanted to get back to your update on the Major League Baseball players. If you told me that Mike Fires was 45 years old, I'd buy it. I don't know what it is about him, <laughs> but uh, he's just been on a whole bunch of teams. Uh, he's actually pitching really well this year. He's top 10 in ERA in the American League. Uh, but if you told me he was 45, I'd buy it. And yet he's younger than Charlie Morton, who's one of those guys I was like, really? And I remember looking earlier this year. He's 35 years old. It doesn't feel like he's been around that long. But Mike Fires. Uh, I feel like he's pitched for 20 years. So that was uh, note number one. Uh, the Nelly Cruz thing is bad. Torn wrist ligaments? I mean, that's just a done deal for the year. I would agree. And even if it's not a done deal for the year, I mean, we're at August 9th right now. That's yeah. at least four to six weeks. So if you're being nice, I always look to my left. That's where my calendar is and my NFL standings board. That's why people keep seeing me look to my left. So it's August 9th. You're talking four to six weeks. You're talking mid-September. If you don't have an IL slot, you can let him go. I mean, this, this is not really totally confirmed yet, but that's what's being reported now. Yeah. You know, he's got uh, no, liver problems. A few days, first. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the problem is this. I mean, you're a baseball player. You, know, you swing. You don't ever want a problem with your, your fingers, your wrist, or your hand, because that's where your power comes from. You've got to be able to whip, that row, you know, whip the bat around there. So devastating injury. I mean, devastating if you're uh, for the Twins. And I mentioned they're collapsing as we see it. You know, they could still still but be able to hit. But he's been hitting the hell out of pitch. it. So Easy. He's got two, three run home, uh, three home run games of what, the past 10? Yeah. Nice. It's been crazy there. This is, this is a blow. This is a huge We blow. talked about this Edwin Car- Encarnacion over the weekend, and we were like, well, he's just done for the year because he broke his wrist. And Nelly Cruz, if this diagnosis that you're talking about ends up being accurate and he's got torn wrist ligaments, that's it. It doesn't matter if they make the playoffs. Like That's worse than a break, by the way. I agree. He's That's <laughs> a surgery, potentially, and... Uh, going on from there. So that's really bad news. And the two Yankee notes. Um, one, I'm glad Judge is getting the night off. I saw some stats today. They were making the rounds Ugly. about how Judge's um, his launch angle is down. He's hitting the ball a little bit harder than he was last year, but the launch angle is down. So he's having an inability to pull the ball and lift the ball. And people think it might be related to this oblique injury that kept him out for an extended period of time. That would be my guess as well. I think there is an injury here that we don't know about. He's not hitting the balls. Uh, he's not hitting pitches. They're right there. How are you missing these things? Yeah. They're right there. He should be crushing them. And he's not pulling uh, the ball in the air at all. I can't all. even see how you could play even if that was still bugging you. I don't even see how he could play. It, it must be restrictive. And so I guess it's healthy enough to play. You can bat. You know, he still walks a lot, so his OBP is still good. But yeah. it must be restricted somehow, and that's what's getting on him here. Because he, he's not the same batter right now. You can see it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they're scoring, what, they score, I don't know, 5,000 runs over the last four games. They hit 19 has, homers in five games. It's the most um, home runs ever hit in a five-game stretch in Major League history, thanks to the Orioles. But still, they're pounding it. They, they are trying to bludgeon teams to death, and it's working. Well, the Yankees don't have another really important game until October. So right. The only thing the Yankees are playing for is home field advantage right. uh, as far as that's concerned. So maybe they'll get Judge right by then. I don't know if it's possible. There's maybe another situation where he won't be right until next year. I, you, know, this you would have to think that all. at this point. It's not going to heal itself while he's, he's playing most days. I'm fine to give him a day off, especially uh, with the run that they're coming off right now. And the last guy I want you to comment on is Sanchez. You know, the batting average is n- nothing to write home about, but the power was there uh, for long periods of the year. And I'm just curious what kind of addition you think he could make. The, the funny part about Sanchez is with all the frustrations with 
his injuries and maybe he's not in good enough shape and there's thoughts that you know maybe he's a little bit lazy the defense all these shots you take him he's a transformational hitter at times and he can carry a team just due to his sheer power and ability to drive the ball so I don't know that this does much for the team makeup, but certainly adding another guy like this when somebody like Judge isn't producing helps them even more, makes their lineup even deeper, yes? I don't know if he can help much right now. I mean, Romine and Higashioka are hitting the crap out of the ball. Fair. I mean, wow. Uh, what they've done is great. Uh, so I don't know how much more he can actually help this team. Yes, he's a presence, and he's a date because we all know he can hit the ball 450 feet at any time. I always thought Sanchez's biggest problem as far as uh, at bat is he gets where he wants to hit the ball 450 feet. I agree. You know, where he's not hitting the ball to right field at all. You see Judge, even when, even when he's capable of pulling the ball, he doesn't mind hitting 350-foot home runs at the right field. They count just the same. Yeah, they may not get you on SportsCenter's top 10 because they went nine miles, but they count just the same. And Judge didn't mind doing that. Sanchez looks like he wants to be in that top that He wants to see how far he can hit the ball, and that leads to a lot of him pulling off it and a lot of strikeouts there. So Sanchez looks like he will be activated tomorrow. I think he does play. Higashioka gets sent down. But I don't know how much this actually adds to the Yankees right now. Only Sanchez is the better player. I'm not saying that. But Romine and Higashioka are playing so well, I don't know how much this truly helps them. Yeah, true. So we also have um, – so we'll get into – so those are the few players I wanted to mention. Uh, obviously, we've got a break coming up here in a few minutes. But a topic I, I want to get started here, and we can finish it on the other side, is – Wanted to talk about sort of the young quarterback discussion. You and I talk very often, and it's something I try to track as often as possible. At where the who are the starting quarterbacks now? Who can they be next year? What teams are looking for new ones, and what teams might surprise you by looking for a new one? I, I think you, we can put a bead on the teams right now that know next year they're looking for a new QB. I, I think you can put money on the Bengals and the Dolphins as looking for a new QB next year. Right? They passed on any major quarterback decisions this year. The Dolphins made an interesting trade for Josh Rosen. I personally don't think it's going to work out because I think this team's going to be pretty bad. It's going to reflect poorly on him. I think he's going to get a raw deal. I think he is a starting level quarterback in the NFL, but I think he's in the same position a year from now. So those two guys. But what I really wanted to focus on, George, is in terms of this discussion, is what young quarterbacks – do you think you can make a big leap this year? And I'll let you define it however you want because young quarterback can be anybody in their first contract, which does include Jameis and Marcus Mariota. But it's also obviously the, the, the glut of guys we got in the last two years, Baker, Darnold, even Daniel Jones, and all the guys drafted this year, Haskins, whomever. So is there somebody that jumps out to you as somebody you think is going to make a really big leap this year and the team will – either breathe a sigh of relief or get even more excited about the asset they already have. Maybe you think Baker's going to throw 50 touchdowns this year. I don't know. So I'll put that in your lap. Give me an answer. All right. If I, if I can only pick one guy, I think you just said, I think Baker is the guy. You know, once it, the team is loaded, they brought him Beckham for him. What doesn't he have? The offensive line is the only question mark we, we're not sure about there. He's got the receivers, Beckham, Landry. He's got the, the tight end, Chubb. Uh, Njoku. He's got the running back in Chubb, and Chubb doesn't play well. You got Hunt in the second half of the season. So, I mean, we're expecting the moon out of this guy already. He certainly seems to have the attitude of wanting to be a top quarterback. He's not a shy guy at all. You know, he's certainly a brouhaha guy. So, and that's all fine and good. There, I don't really mind that. Uh, I think that's calm that down somewhat. But I don't. I'd rather have him be boisterous than be shy. 
So uh, it doesn't bother me all that much. He's certainly a leader. Uh, whether or not he leads them to where they want to go or down the wrong path, that remains to be seen. But I think Bayfield is that guy who's going to take a leap. Now, that we might be cheating that because he was pretty good last year. He was good. Right. He, I broke he the record good. for touchdown passes by a rookie QB last year. But I, I think it's still fair to pick him. At 29 touchdowns last year, you think he's going to get it up to 40 this year. That's a pretty damn big leap. I mean, it I takes think, a uh, lot to go from 29 to 40. Maybe if we're looking at a guy who's failed. Maybe that's to be the definition. Someone who's failed, who's now going to uh, maybe go with that next step there. Uh, I think what's the other guy you mentioned here? A guy who I think is going to be a uh, – I'm annoyed I didn't get him in today's draft. I want him as a quarterback, too. Uh, will be Jameis Winston. Uh, only I like I like him with the coach. I think Arian, Arian just tell you, tells you flat out he's not afraid to take chances. He wants to throw that ball down the field. You know, he understands some picks are gonna, going to come uh, from that, but he's not afraid to do it. Uh, yes, he wants to make sure Winston's not throwing the dumb picks where you go, well, what were you thinking? Well, that guy was even open. That defines that sort of his thing. entire career to this point. Yeah, so can well, Arians That and Arians his inability that? to keep his nose clean off the field. Or, or, or what the, I like about that. Winston is uh, what the teams, uh, they're going to be bad. They're going to be trailing a lot of games. That means more throws, and there is no running game. So once again, if they want to score points, they want to move the football, it's got to be through the air. He has the weapons as well. O.J. Howard, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. If I was taking a quarterback who has already failed, I would take Winston. Okay. We'll continue on the other side. I'm talking about some other guys that might take a lead. I think the Jets have made enough additions around Sam Darnold for him to take a lead. Like what I saw last night. Dana Jones going to have to wait a little bit. And which QB, starting in week one, will get benched first. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of this show can get a deposit bonus up to 500 bucks. Here's how it works. One, create a DraftKings Sportsbook account. Two, make a deposit. And three, place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it with a 50% bonus of up to $500. $500. This offer is eligible for all users, plus new users will get a risk-free bet of up to 200 bucks. So just go to sportsgrid.com, sportsgrid.com backslash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com backslash DK. Act quickly. This offer won't be around forever. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. NJ only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. So, uh, continuing our quarterback discussion. So, George is thinking that Baker is going to make an even bigger leap from where he was last year, which is bold, but uh, you have to say he's right about the supporting cast, even though uh, he's got a man down for a month, Antonio Callaway. As George mentioned earlier, suspended for the first four games, substance abuse policy. I know he's had issues with this in the past. Hopefully, they don't have another recurring issue with Callaway. Um, that slot's probably Rashard Higgins into the number three role there. So you got Beckham, Landry, Higgins would be the starters. You got uh, Back and Nick Chubb, uh, David and Joku. If you're in 11 personnel there, that's who you're looking at. It's a pretty good group there, George. 
It is. I mean, there's, there's a reason why a lot of us like the uh, a lot of us like the Browns love this year. Now, I don't know if the Browns can compete for a Super Bowl. You know, I think they were, uh, they still have holes in that roster. They need to fix their offensive line, some other issues as well. But uh, this is no longer, you know, let's make fun of the Browns. Yeah, they're, they're, they're just not that. They're going to be a decent squad. They're going to be a fun team to watch. There's a reason they have all these primetime games, because they should be a fun team to watch. I do think there's a lot of pressure on them. You know, one of the reasons why I, I bet on them last night, because I think Cleveland, that whole area is going bananas now for the Browns. So last night, it probably felt like a regular season game there. You know, it's just a preseason game. Yeah, so I think that's why the Browns were a good bet to win last night because they were going to play as such. They're going to feed off that momentum there. So yeah, I like. I listen. I do like Mayfield. Fantasy wise, I don't know if I could take him as a top five quarterback, which is where he's going in some leagues. I don't think I can do that. There's too many other good quarterbacks here. In the draft we did today, he went fourth. Mahomes, Watson, Rogers, uh, Mayfield. I can't do that. Yeah, I just I, I can't. I, I uh, it's quarterbacks deep. I'm not going to feel the need to take that chance. But uh, I get why people are so high on him. I think he's going to have a big year. Right. Um, yeah, it, it's a good group. Uh, I'm just looking at you know, some of the other positional groups of some of these young quarterbacks. So you look at Sam Darnold's positional group because uh, they, they, have ha- they have made they, – they convinced Ryan Khalil to come out of retirement, and he's going to be their center. They traded for Kelechi Osemele. This The Jets knew that their offensive line was a problem. Now, Osemele and Khalil are not the guys that they used to be. But it is an improvement on what they had. So they're trying like hell, even in the preseason, to improve this offensive line. I think they know it's still a weakness. It's what worries me about Le'Veon Bell in terms of what his upside can be. I think he'll be good for fantasy purposes because he'll have so much volume and he has a great ability to catch passes. But I don't think it's one of the superstar years that he had in Pittsburgh. It's, that's all I'm saying. Now, Sam Darnold's group is helped a lot by Bell. With the addition of Jamison Crowder, who's oft injured, but we do like as a possession receiver overall, George, skill set-wise. It's got Robbie Anderson, Quincy Inunua. I think the Chris Herndon in, uh, suspension really hurts them coming out of the gate. I, I, I hate that that safety blanket is mitigated for Darnold up front. But he is a guy I'm looking at. I just thought, I, look, I would have taken Darnold over Baker, and I'm, prob- I'm wrong so far. I may very well be wrong long-term. But I think Arnold is a guy that can make a leap. I just like the matchup with Gase. I know people hate Gase, but I'm still holding out some level of hope that Darnold takes a huge leap here because of his ability and Gase's ability to work with quarterbacks. Am I crazy? I don't think you're crazy, no. Uh, but I have concerns about Gase as well. And you and I have gone over this on uh, Weekend Fantasy Update or, uh, during the offseason. I... Uh, some of the things he's done have certainly been strange. And I'm not just talking about the press conference. I know the draft room and how he did that. All of a sudden, uh, this power play where he got rid of the GM, got his own guy in Oh, there. he's a conniving dude. He is. For a guy who's That's done it. nothing. Who do, who's done nothing in the NFL, really. You think about it. You can't explain you know, that well, away. No. What was power he, the Jets have given him is just strange here. Uh, now, we know that he really didn't want Le'Veon Bell, right? He didn't want Bell. He would have preferred uh, – he doesn't believe in – not that he dislikes Bell. He doesn't like having a Bell cow back. Uh-huh. Which, if we're, being, uh, if, we're, if we're being fair, he's not alone in that. There's many no, fantasy analysts that think that, too. I, I uh, sort of think that. Right. Yeah, that's why it's cool. also why running backs don't get paid. As Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott. That's why they're holding right. out. Because the whole teams believe in paying the running back. That's easier to find than these other positions here. You have but to still, say, we have a pretty star-studded holdout group right now. Because I'm throwing AB into the, into the mix. It's a pretty star-studded group. Clowny. <laughs> Clowny, Zeke. 
Mel? Well, Clowny, will, Clowny will be back. He said yeah. he'll be back. Yeah. He's not going to hold out. But he ain't so there now. Yeah, but uh, AB is the strange, but we all know why uh, Gordon, they, they lowballed him $10 million a year. Apparently, the Cowboys did offer uh, Zeke Elliott a top three at the position, right? But, actually, top two, I guess, behind uh, Gurley in front of Bell. Although, once again, we don't know what the guaranteed money is, and that's all that matters. People want to hear these contracts. Oh, we'll give you a $100 million contract. The only thing that matters is guaranteed. We all know they like to rip up these contracts whenever they can and move on. So uh, never take that for, uh, for yeah, it's, it's not worth the paper it's printed on. Only the guaranteed money is really worth it there. Right, right. So, uh, but let's back to the Jets. Yeah. Uh, I, I like Bell. I do. Now, in today's draft, uh, I believe it was Yang who took Bell fourth overall. He passed on Ezekiel Elliott and gave Elliott to me. Thank you, Yang. Because uh, I, I do believe Elliott will be back here. But I had talked to a Jim Day. And before we draft, I'm like, you know, I had the fifth pick. I'm like, if it goes the way I think it's going to go, you know, Elliot, you know, Kamara, CMC, and Barkley all go, I'm either taking Bell or David Johnson at five. And I was going to go David Johnson, but only because I'd already taken Le'Veon Bell and Scott Fishbowl. So I was just diversifying a little bit there. I have him back-to-back in my rankings, so it didn't bother me to do that. So, uh, but I'm afraid with Gase. You know, is he going to be... You know, is he going to feel like, oh, the former GM forced Bell on me, so I'm not. I'm going to use my system the way my system says, and I don't need anyone back. Uh, that's crazy. That, that would, would be, be stupid. That'd be cutting up your nose to spite your face. It'd be dumb. You know, it'd be absolutely he's dumb. Here, but I, just use use him. Use him. I don't he's, care. He's, touch he's, him four hundred. He's a great times. back. And then he gets hurt, and then he can say, "I told you so." Like, what is the point? He's the most talented guy. If Le'Veon is being a good citizen, which has been debatable in the past, certainly then just use him while he's there. I, I wouldn't see any other reason for that. And plus, he can really help Darnold in the passing game. I, Robbie Anderson has a chance to, if Darnold plays really well, which I suspect he could, Robbie Anderson has, an, he's going to be a free agent. Robbie Anderson is already listed in many lists as a top 25 free agent for next year. And if he has a big year this year, it, say 80, 85 catch year, Robbie Anderson is going to get paid by somebody. He's got a lot of physical ability. There's been off-field stuff. And, look, every free agent has warts, George. So, But somebody could be out there paying him a lot of money. Tyrell Williams just got a lot of money. Why couldn't Robbie Anderson get that if he has a big year? Oh, Once again, you'll get no argument from me. I agree with you. Wide receivers are a hot commodity. Teams need them. It's different than running back. Why did Dallas pay number one for Cooper? Because there were really no top receivers coming out this year. So Dallas wanted to get their number one raise with giving him away. That's what they did. You know, I didn't like the trade at the time, but it ended up being the right trade. Robbie Anderson hits the free agent market. He will get paid. This is not these types of guys. Even I would say it was the NFL wide receiver too, but a good wide receiver, they don't become available. So he's going to get paid. So I'm right there with you. So Bell and Robbie Anderson, Herndon when he comes back, that's probably your three pass catchers. Quincy and I have to put on the side. A, because he's had neck surgery. B, he is a favorite of the Jets. Not necessarily of the Jets. He's not a Gase Douglas guy. He's the previous administration's guy. Now, he appears to be a hard worker that everybody likes, but George, I can't guarantee that Anunwa comes back into the role there that he was in two years ago. Once again, I agree with you. I think we have a very good point there. He's not uh, this regime's player. He's another regime's player. We've seen that before. Yep. Unless you're a star, you sometimes get overlooked. You know, he's been hurt, he always banged up too, which is also a problem. It always, always seems to be an issue there. They bring along Crowder, you know, which they're going to want to, once again, they're going to want him to get the ball to see if he has 
what he showed, the promise he showed a couple of years ago, that can be realized again here with the Jets. Uh, Anua's already got a, a groin injury, so we'll see how that works out here. Right. Uh, I think Anua's on the team. I don't think there's any doubt he's on the team, but you know, fantasy-wise, he's more of a mud-against-the-wall kind of guy or a bi-week filler, reserve guy. Not someone I'm really counting on to do much as far as put up any kind of numbers with the Jets. So we talked about Baker. We talked about Darnold. Third guy I'm going to bring up is Mitch Trubisky, not because I have him in Scott Fishbowl. Uh, and I will be the first to tell you I, I thought the Bears made a mistake by giving up what they gave up to get Trubisky. I typically don't like players that lack experience at the college level. It's becoming harder and harder for me to say this, to utilize this um, tenet that I have in a quarterback evaluation. I just think over time you'll see that the guys with experience in college fare better. Now, Kyler Murray doesn't have a lot of experience. Dwayne Haskins doesn't have a lot of experience. We'll have to see how these things go. Trubisky... The 24 touchdown to 12 interception ratio looks bad. It looks worse when you realize he threw six touchdowns in one game. So in the rest of the games, it was 18 to 12 because he went six touchdowns and no picks in that game. So what I'm betting on with Trubisky, George, is surrounded by a lot of weapons. Allen Robinson, his second year coming off the ACL, a creative play caller on Matt Nagy. And... I just think an ability for the offense to elevate and bring Mitch with it, if that makes sense. That's mm, just the one where I'll go against you here. I don't see him making that, uh, not that big increment that we're talking about here. Uh, the defense is great, you know, very good. They're not going to they're not going to chat with games of the passing game. They're just not. Plus, in the second half of the season, those home games in Soldier Field, it's tough to throw the ball. Windy, cold. Uh, Lord knows what else might happen there. Rain, snow. Uh, they're going to win the games on the ground. And with that defense. Now, there might be some games of Tariq Cohen's catching balls out of the flat or whatever patterns they're going to give him, and he's gone. I can buy that completely. But as far as the receivers really take it, or Trubisky winning games for them, I think that'll be few and far between. Yeah. We didn't talk about Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. There's more guys to go. We'll continue that and other topics after the break. It's game time decisions. Mike and George coming back for the final segment right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back on Game Time Decisions, Mike and George, about 10 minutes to go. We'll get into a couple of the matchups in MLB tonight. Uh, we talked about the football games earlier, Steelers hosting the Bucks and the Saints hosting the Vikings. We like the Steelers, Bucks over. Uh, I think we're a little, like George said earlier, when it's a preseason game, I don't have to bet on it. I think I might wait till tomorrow on the, on the other games because tomorrow we got uh, a few NFL games. We've got... Uh, let's see, we got tomorrow the spreads. We got Bengals at Chiefs. Chiefs minus three and a half right now, over 37. Uh, Rams at Raiders. That'll be fun, I'm sure. What do you think they'll be talking about during the broadcast there, George? 35. I can't imagine. 35 and a half on that uh, total. Uh, and Cowboys, Niners. That's tomorrow at 9 o'clock, 36 over. Niners giving four and a half there. So. 
I think an expectation. I, I like the Niners. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna like the Niners through most of the preseason because they have they can go three quarterbacks deep, and they have a lot of depth at running back position too. Yes, they do. So, I don't know if they'll all play, but yeah, uh, I like them. I, I'm gonna like the I like the Niners tomorrow minus four and a half. Yeah, uh, so I'll definitely be taking them there. Uh, baseball is really where it's gonna be more at for me over the over the weekend. Yeah. So, all right, well, a couple of other. Uh, topics I wanted to get to real quick. We talked about the Browns a whole bunch, uh, glossing over the fact that they made a trade yesterday. So Duke Johnson moves from the Browns to the Texans' fourth-round conditional pick. Um, I think I like the depth that adds to the Texans, personally. The Browns, obviously, Duke Johnson was rumored for months to be traded. Baker slammed Duke Johnson. We criticized Baker for getting in Duke Johnson's grill. But I think it's fair for him to want to be in another place. I think he's a good compliment to Lamar Miller, and we'll see more touches than he was going to see over the course of the year in Cleveland. So impact for you, real football, fantasy football for the Texans first. Oh, I think both. I think, once again, if he learns the system, which I expect him not to have much of a problem with, I think this is big. I took Duke Johnson in the draft today, uh, around 12 or so, somewhere around there. I think pass catching back. I, I'm not a big Lamar Miller guy. I think he's an average back here. I was, I've met this to you many times. I was disappointed that the Texans weren't bigger players for Le'Veon Bell. You know, I think that's sort of the final piece of the puzzle there. Yes, I know the offensive line has issues. But someone like Duke Johnson, catch the ball. Yep. You know, so I think he'll be good on screens there. I think he'll be, I think he'll be a guy who eventually you know, could touch the ball as much as Miller does. It'll be uh, a mixture of catches and runs here. They got rid of Dante Foreman, so his main competition for the number two job is gone. And there's no one else really great there. There's no one great there, period. So I think there's a great opportunity for Duke Johnson. The offense should move the ball to Sean Watson, Will Fuller, Dodger Hopkins, you know, Kiki Cutie, assuming he's healthy. So I like what this team can do offensively, and I think Duke Johnson ended up in a – listen, he'd be just as good in Cleveland, but I think he ended up in a pretty damn good spot here. I agree. I really like that spot for him, and it increases his value across the board, fantasy, NFL, uh, overall. And, I, I mean, Dontrell Hilliard slots in for him – in a reserve role uh, until Kareem Hunt gets back on the field. So he's a guy that has value sort of out of nowhere. In your shallower leagues, you were not going to be drafting him. In your deeper leagues, you aren't even really drafting him because you had Hunt there and Duke Johnson. So now Dontrell Hilliard, who I believe caught a couple of passes last night, he actually has some fantasy value where he's, as he did not two days ago. Yeah, uh, he certainly uh, does. We'll see what's going going happy. I don't – it's week one. I don't put too much stock in it. You know, oh, and trying to, uh, oh, my God, this is going to happen now because this guy played more or this happened because this guy played more. You know, I generally take it with a uh, grain of salt here. Yeah. So I'm not going to go off the uh, the deep edge too much. Do you think Nick Chubb's uh, touches are automatically going to increase or are you still going to wait and see? Oh, I like Chubb. Running back one for me, top ten back. Uh, disappointed I couldn't get him as a running back two today. I would have liked that. Listen, I would have to get real. I would have to get really lucky from the fall to where I was. But uh, I would have easily taken Chubb as a running back one. In a easily di- in a dynasty draft last year, where we draft only rookies, it was getting down to the point where I was going to take Nick Chubb or Ronald Jones, and I wanted Chubb, and the guy in front of me took Nick Chubb, and I got Ronald Jones in a dynasty. Three row, Joe. Desperately. I desperately needed a running back. I was like, I'm going to get Nick Chubb. This is going to be great. Nope. Ronald Jones, guy that you just said, the Bucks don't care and might cut him. Uh, that's that's uh, 
the way the cookie I didn't say they might cut him. I think Jones will get every chance. Not this year. Not this year. Oh, no, not, not this year. If he screws up this year, it may be on his way out there. But uh, in that league you're talking about, uh, God, uh, I could really, I need, you think you need running back help there? In that league, I have my running backs. They're very good. They, they have great names. But it's Melvin Gordon. Oof. No idea when he's going to play. No. Devonta Freeman, well, we all November. know he's getting hurt. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think he'll be back before November. I do. Because uh, after a while, that money loss is money you can't make up. Uh, my second running back is then uh, Devonta Freeman. And we all know he's getting hurt. Just a matter of time. Yes. You know, before he goes down there, so I'm going to have problems with him. True. My third running back is Marlon Mack, who almost has the same exact problem. You know, I, I don't. it's going to be hard for him to play long term like without Marlon getting Mack. help. I like him a lot, but I don't know if he can play 16 games. He's not built that way. You know, and he's just not built to take that kind of pounding week in, week out. So I think that's an issue there. And I really don't have much uh, Are you worried about that. James Conner getting hurt too? Not as much, no. I think he's uh, built a little bit differently there. I'm more worried that what's, what's going to happen here with Conner? Is, is Jalen Samuels going to play a lot, play a little? You know, that's be more of my worry there. My point was in, in a dynasty league, you take a running back when you can. Yeah, it didn't work out with you, Ronald Jones. But in that league, you're talking about I've lost in the finals now three straight years. And in this league, we don't randomly pick the draft order, which means since I lost, I get the 15th pick in the first round. Yeah. If you don't have a top half pick, you're not getting a running back. Yeah. So uh, I had no more running back. That was the worst I, finish I ever had. So I was just taking a running back in the chance that he might play a whole bunch. And we'll see. Believe me, I wish. So I right. wish. I uh, wish I had a running back. All right. We'll Give get, me a running back. We'll, we'll pick a couple of Major League Baseball games uh, in a minute that we like. But. One last question I want to ask you before we get out. Which starting quarterback in week one, so you have to figure out who you think is going to start in week one, is going to be the first one to be benched? All right. So when you put us up, I was looking at this during the commercial break yeah. about which quarterback I would go here. Uh, I've said it many times. I think Eli is gone. I think Eli does start the season, but I think he's gone by week seven. Okay. So I, I got to figure Somebody's out. Do I think there's a, before that. That's the thing. I got to figure out who's going to get benched before that. All right. Uh, Joe Flacco is on my list, but yeah, he is. no. I, no? I think he survives, though. Whoa. I don't think he's the loser. I don't think he's the loser uh, guy here. I don't. I don't think it's going to go well there, but all right. No, do I. Joe Flacco was a mistake. John Elway can't this right to save his life here. Uh, there's two guys I came down to. And, you know, I wrote them down, and I tore them up on that piece of paper for the, that I was doing the contract <laughs> thing. Uh, one was uh, Washington, because I don't think Haskins is starting. And the reason I don't think Haskins is starting is that uh, you look at the schedule. It's not friendly at all. Uh, for him to begin the season, so I wonder if they'll, you know, they'll start Keenum or start McCoy. You know, they play Philadelphia, Dallas, Chicago. Those are three defenses. Maybe you don't want your rookie quarterback starting against. And then week four is at the Giants. I saw Once people again, throwing so- around today that the somebody might, the Washington might be willing to trade a backup to Philly, but I, I didn't think that made sense because of the interdivision thing. But they do actually have usable depth at quarterback, and Philly doesn't have any. But. I listen. That's an option they could look at. Yeah. Uh, but Phil Van only out four to six weeks, so I don't think they're. I don't think that's going to happen. They're going to give up anything of value anyway right. uh, for that to happen. So I said Washington's on my list here because I think that they could start Keenum or McCoy to take that beating against Philly, Dallas, Chicago, right, and then go with the Haskins maybe week four against the Giants. Problem is week five you got New England, but week six you got Miami. You know, so better landing spots here because I think it'll have to be early in the season because then they got. Minnesota, Buffalo, midseason, not two teams you want to start with. You go to back both on the road. So uh, now i got to figure out who the fourth team was that I had there that I thought was a good bet here. Miami. And 
Miami, that was it. Very good. Uh, Rosen and Fitzpatrick, correct. That was the team. I don't think. I team. don't know who's going to start in week one. I think they're their first team to bench their quarterback. I think that's how well, it's going to be. I think it's going to be Fitzpatrick. I think it's stupid, but I think uh, because if I think this is what Orange has to tell Flores, the, the rookie head coach, your job's not to win this year. <laughs> Just get the team ready. We don't expect it's you to win. It's hard for him to do that. It's his first right, year. He, but this team wants to lose, right? This is the tank for Taya. But they also need to find out what they have in Rosen for two reasons. One, Maybe he is a first-round quarterback. Oh, my God, this guy's way, so much better than we thought. And now we can trade our number one next year for a team that does want a quarterback for a bounty. Or we trade Rosen. Yeah. You know, or we just take the best player available, which is maybe not necessarily a quarterback. Maybe it's a pass rush. It, it's not like Miami has only one need. And no. The thing is, True. I think Fitzpatrick starts because they're in the same situation here. Baltimore, New England, Dallas, Chargers. They play Washington in week six. But once again, that's a, uh, a good defense as well. But that charge, that Redskins game in week six comes after a bye. So I wonder, it's at home against Washington as well. Four of their first five games are at home. Uh, so I wonder if that's the week where Fitzpatrick goes bye-bye. Now Rosen gets the last 12 games of the season to see what he can do here. So I don't think it's Eli. I would want to play Eli's Fitz at all seven. if I were them. I'd want to see I, if Rosen can do something. I agree something. with you. I, but I don't think Flores feels that way. Flores wants to win games. That's what I mean. If I'm, if I'm the owner, I'm saying just what you said. Listen, Fitzpatrick's your backup. Start, uh, start Rosen. I'm not going to judge you on this. I'm not judging you on this season as far as wins and losses. Get the team ready for you know two years down the line. We're rebuilding here. That's what they told Steve he, Wilkes. In yeah, it didn't work very well. Did it? Right, he got screwed anyway. Uh, I, not, not that shouldn't happen. That just shouldn't happen. And I understand Flores might think, well, you know, the owner can tell me whatever he wants. Doesn't mean he's telling the truth. And right. I, I get that as well. Right. He's a smart guy. He went to Boston College, so I have to figure he's he's got it all figured out. But in any event, rocks. I'm with yeah. I'm with. Uh, I think my it's Miami. If Rosen starts, I think he could play poorly enough that Fitz comes in. I think if Fitz starts, he could play poorly enough that Rosen comes in. We all know how the Fitz thing goes. He could throw five touchdowns in week one, and then the next week it's uh, you're wondering why he isn't retired already with his huge beard. So, uh, all right, let's. Uh, we only got a couple of minutes left here. Uh, we're going to get, get a little. I don't know. We're going to get a little best of uh, after this, but games tonight. You got Wade Miley, uh, Dylan Bundy. Uh, Jay Happ uh, against Reed Foley, Teron Smith, Cubs, Cards. You mentioned the Reds. Trevor Bauer, first start didn't go so well last time out. Anything that jumps off the page to you that the people out there can jump on, a game that you like, somebody that you think is going to just jump all over their opponent, Sox hosting the Angels. How about that? Well, uh, I mentioned earlier, Houston, uh, Baltimore. I'm taking the Houston Astros. It's minus 315, so you got to parlay it. You're not going to take that straight up. I'm taking the over in that game as well. Uh, I don't think there's any shock there. Uh, I wanted to take the over in the uh, Angels and Red Sox, but that now jumped up to 12. Yeah. I'm not going to touch that. And the over under, uh, I'll take the over in Detroit against Kansas City as well, over 10. That's Edwin Jackson. How is this guy still in the Amazing. major leagues? He is 45. He's beyond, beyond me that he can still be in the major leagues. By the way, uh, the, the parlay, I'm going with the Milwaukee Brewers. Milwaukee Brewers and Houston's my parlay, and I'm taking the uh, two overs I mentioned here. So I'm taking parlay Astros, parlay Brewers. Give me the over in Houston, Baltimore. Give me the over in Kansas City, Detroit. How about a Strash Stroman under? Thought about that. That's Mets. See, see Mike, you and I don't do gambling shows. I do not bet when the Mets are involved. They've been my bugaboo all season. They've won, what, 18 out of 19? Yeah. Guess what's the one game I bet on them? 
Bengals game that they lost, obviously. You damn it is. And I had people in the chat room yelling at me that it's my fault. And it was my fault because I said I wouldn't do it, and I did it anyway, and they lost. So, uh, no, me and the Mets don't get along. Bueller-Ray, uh, decent pitching matchup there. That's a low uh, run total there, seven and a half. Bueller obviously was uh, amazing his last time out. Uh, some other matchups, uh, the late night today, Drew Smiley against Beattie. Wow. We got some rough pitch, a couple of rough pitching matchups there. But nonetheless, uh, George told you who he likes there. Uh, we got another minute to go. We got Saturday games. Obviously, George can break that down over the weekend. He'll be on tomorrow with Joe Galena. Nope, nope. Oh, you're not? I'm Jim not. Day. No, I'm back. Jim Day I'm back at 8 o'clock with in-game live with Drew Martin, but uh, I'm off tomorrow. Okay, so George is on tonight. Birthday party here. We could talk about the Saturday games. You got those lined up for tomorrow. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Game Time Decisions. For George Kurtz and the producers downstairs, including Yang, thanks for listening to us. I'm Mike Lewis. We're out. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Here's what you missed on Game Time Decisions. Talking about this helmet changeover being a huge hindrance in Antonio Brown's mind to his ability to play football in 2019. He's threatening retirement. He's talking about, and and frankly, the biggest issue right now, the, the retirement threat is ridiculous. But you have to take that with a grain of salt. I think he's just sort of trying to create whatever leverage he can, which is zero in this situation. But, George, the biggest problem, obviously, for the Raiders is that he's seeking treatment on his feet, but then he's gone radio silent, according to reports. He's just not around, and they can't get in touch with him. So he's conducting some sort of weird helmet holdout when the team has nothing to do with it, and everybody's going to have to use the new helmet anyway. He's got less than zero leverage. Apparently, he had a two-hour meeting with the NFL today, and I guess he, these comments came after this meeting, which means the NFL pretty much told him to stick it. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's weird because the NFL is trying to protect the players. Whatever you think about the NFL, the idea here is you wear a helmet, it's going to protect your head, right? So that's the idea here, and apparently he wants to wear the old helmet, which doesn't protect the head as much. I, I understand where he's going. He's comfortable with that helmet. He plays well. Maybe this new helmet makes him look like the great kazoo, whatever it might be, too big and looks funny, whatever. You know, we all know these players, they want to look good more than anything else. So, so I sort of get that. But, you know, this is what is it's wrong. The NFL is trying to help you here, and you don't want to be helped. And now you're going to hold it. You just you said it perfectly. You're blaming the Raiders for this? What do you want them to do? I mean, what do you want them? What do you want the Players Association to do here? It's okay for some players not to have as much protection as other players? It just doesn't make any sense. Tom Brady's worn that helmet for 18 years or something along those lines, and he's got to give in to his old helmet. So he's acquiescing. All the players will have to. Ultimately, do I think he's going to hold out or retire? No. I think he's ticked off right now, probably giving himself more time to have his feet heal up, and and then he'll be back in camp. But just to have a guy like this that is apparently constantly distracted in meetings, which doesn't surprise me, 
I, I just think that the Raiders have maybe bitten off more than they can chew, and it's a team that isn't all the way there yet, right? Gruden's trying to model this team into his image, and he's got this guy, a veteran, that's coming in and creating disturbances amongst the team, and he hasn't even played a game for them yet. And he's the definition of an I-me player. No that's, doubt. You know, it's I-me, look at me, look what I'm doing. I think that's what Hattis is, by the way. Look Once again, look what I'm saying, look what I'm uh, doing here. It's idiotic. I don't it's think just, these threats are real. I think he's just trying to get a little bit more attention. He's not going to you know, retire from football over a helmet. Right. There's no way that happens here. Be sure to follow all our social media at FNTSY Sportsnet and at FNTSY Radio. And now I'm tweeting about you, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> 